revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. baseball season. I know we ended it last week talking about the Astros winning the World Series, but it's over. We're going into a baseball abyss. You won't hear much from us. We might we might chatter a little bit about MVP, what comes down there, but it's kind of done. We're, we're done it's with done. baseball. Yeah, it's on had, the shelf. We had uh, Silver Sluggers come out this week. Not too interesting. MVP is kind of the final straw, but I think this is the time of the year where it's just going to be all football all the time. And unfortunately, it's... baseball closed on a sad note, though, as well. We wish our condolence to the Halliday family. Roy Halliday went down this past week. Rest in peace, Roy Halliday. But we're going to move on to happier times. We're going to talk NCAA football right off the bat because this week, it's awesome. It's, it's a God-given week almost. It's all these teams just happen to fall into the right place at the right time. The matchups in the top 10, the matchups in the top 25, yeah. out of this world. Be- best week of college football matchups, I think, of the year. I mean, not only are we in week 10, playoffs are coming soon, but we've got some unbelievable games to talk about. Um, and I think we'll save the best for last. Notre Dame versus Miami. This is this is the matchup of the year in my eyes so far. But looking at the week, we've got TCU traveling to Oklahoma. That's six versus five. Like I said, Notre Dame, three versus seven. We've got Michigan State at Ohio State. That's 13 versus 12. We've got the Bulldogs, number one team in the nation. I'm a little curious why you waited so long to mention. And I'm going to say they're number one in the nation in college football playoff standings. They are number one. And they are taking on a top ten opponent in Auburn. And it's on the road. It's going to be tough. But that's my game of the week. Let me tell you. Okay. Well, I guess I'll start us right off then. I am taking... The Auburn Tigers, plus two and a half at home versus Georgia. I've been saying it all year. I think Georgia will slip up eventually, and what you a better say it week. so many times. I know, but I eventually it, fruition. it will happen. This is the week. Auburn undefeated at home this year. Haven't really played anybody, but this is a tough place to play, and I think Georgia just slips up this week. I mean, they, they have been the team of the decade that is notorious for not being able to finish off the season. And Auburn is a team with two losses. Still has a chance to fight for that SEC title. They do get Alabama um, the last week of the regular season. But this is going to be a surprise to college football. Auburn will win this game straight up. 
I'm Ugh. taking them plus the two and a half. It's going to be an unbelievable game, and Auburn takes it. Fortunately for me, I wait online, so I got Georgia minus two, so that is my first pick. <laughs> okay. And Xander, I'm going to I'm gonna get back to your age here for a second. So you're 22 years old. 23. 23. Mm-hmm. And we all hope for great things. We hope, I mean, I don't know how long you want to live, but 85 is a great number. We're just going to set 85 right now sure. is where it is. Sure. So 65 more years. And every single year you can will into existence the New York Mets winning the World Series for you. And that's what you've been doing this year, trying to will into existence the Georgia Bulldogs losing. It is not to be this year. I'm telling <laughs> you. I'm a Bulldog man, and I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I will go out and buy a Bulldog. If the Georgia Bulldogs win the national championship. I'm not getting the full-on tattoo, but I will go buy a Bulldog. I will name it Georgia, and we'll move on from there. I'm going minus two. They are on the road. This is a nice road test. And I was nervous. This is, this is the road test. This is the road test. Although, I know it would be at a neutral site when they'd play Alabama, but that's going to be the ultimate travel test, I believe. But that's down the line and besides a point, and still might not happen depending on what happens on Saturday. But Georgia... Like you said, you're right. There are times I was worried that they would slip up on the road to Florida, on their trail all the way to here. But I think they've shown how dominant they are to a level that is comparable to Alabama right now. Yeah, I I can't disagree with that. Georgia has really dominated the entire season. I mean, almost every game they've played has been a complete blowout. And I kind of want to see this Georgia team play in a close game. And that's what I'm really hoping for this week. Um, You know, it's easy to be up by 30 points and win every week. But I give them a lot of credit. I mean, they've dominated. They need to play the close game, though, which right. I I think is a te- you hear that from commentators everywhere, that you really don't know the true moxie of a team until it comes down to the wire and they're either down four or that they're up three and they're defending on the goal line. All those game situations Georgia has not played other than the Notre Dame game where they won by four. It's or they didn't win by four. They won by one. That was their closest game. And Notre Dame, arguably one of the best teams in the country right now. Right. So they have they have a little bit of experience there. It has been a while. They've been just pounding on the SEC. I think it's going to be a great game. Do I think Georgia pulls away in the fourth quarter? Absolutely. I think they're going to win this game easily. Cover the two-point spread. I think they're going to win by nine or 11 points. Not 10. Not 10. Nine or 11. Nine or 11. Um, you know, Georgia, if they win this game... They, are, I, I don't want to say they're locked in for the college football playoff, but even with a loss in the SEC championship game, I think a good game against Alabama for an undefeated Georgia team will keep them in the mix. I mean, you look at the rest of the teams. If Notre Dame takes down Miami this week, which I think they will, we're going to have a bunch of one-loss teams. Alabama, I don't really see losing, but you know, I think a one-loss Georgia team playing a great game against Alabama in the SEC championship will be a team that needs to be in the playoff. I would love to see it, but I think they go down this week. There's somebody who's backing you up, by the way. The last week where I was totally denying you the the right to say that if Georgia and Alabama play in the SEC title game and one of them loses in a close game, that I was on the belief that they would be out for sure. Mm-hmm. Paul Feinbaum. For Paul ESPN, Feinbaum. He said that if, it, if they get there both undefeated and they play a, a very close game, that both teams, no matter what, could find themselves in the tournament. I mean, you look at the rest of the teams in the top 25, each having one loss, um, I mean, besides Miami right now, which didn't get a lot of love in the rankings. I mean, you look at an undefeated team, you've got Georgia, Alabama, Miami, and then you've got Wisconsin, who I think has played just a very weak schedule so far. 
Miami didn't get a lot of love from the rankings. So if, if they lose this week to Notre Dame, I got to think that is the end of the road for the Hurricanes. I believe so too. What it doesn't end for them though is the potential to win the conference tur- or championship mm-hmm. as this is not a conference game. So it will not be a blemish on their conference record which still has them in first place and would put them up inevitably against Clemson which then becomes interesting if both one-loss teams Clemson and Miami meet at the end of the year. But that is also something you're looking down the line. Real quickly hopping back on Alabama. So much explosion this week in terms of matchups that people aren't really talking about Alabama, who is going on the road. They're 14-point favorites. I'm not touching this game with a 10-foot pole, but they're playing at Mississippi State, a place where they've had trouble before. They are notorious for losing in the state of Mississippi. They do have a lot of trouble with Mississippi. So while everyone is hushed on this game and not really bringing it up, I want to just put it out there. If I had to lean one way... I'm not totally against Mississippi State stealing this game away, especially since LSU was able to slow Alabama's place or pace last week. Yeah, you know, LSU, you know, they hung tough. 24-10, you know, wasn't a great game, but they did hang in there. Alabama, though, I think I don't think they lose this late in the season. They're a team that has usually blown it the first five weeks and come back um, with a one-loss, you know, regular season, winning the SEC championship. That's what they usually do. So I don't see them losing this week, but I agree with you. I'm not touching this game. Absolutely. We'll be back after the break, everybody. We are continuing our grind with NCAA football. Find us at LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM 24-7. We'll be back after the break, everybody. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. And like we said, we're covering most of the big games. We want to save Notre Dame and Miami for last I'm just going to throw out there, Xander, one of my kind of not-so-important games to me, which is still a ranked match. It's Ohio State versus Michigan State. The Big Ten has just beaten themselves out of this playoff the, race. The Big which Ten is, is the most cannibalistic conference it's unbelievable. in the nation. It's. I don't think you could ever fall to allow one team to advance. I mean, they're all competitive. They all have to play every single week. But it's just killing them. I mean... First off, it's not acceptable that Ohio State gave up 55 points. Lost 55 to 24 to, to Iowa. Iowa. Iowa Tough home. place to play, but not yeah. acceptable. Not acceptable at all, but it's Iowa is a team that's just like on the road and at home, two completely different different animals. But, I mean, Penn State, I thought, was the best chance that the Big Ten had this year. They dropped a game to Ohio State, in which they still had a chance to get back but losing Michigan State last week, 27-24, you got a bunch of two-loss teams in the Big Ten right now, which I think pretty much caps their potential. Besides, the one team on the other side of the conference that is still undefeated, that's the Wisconsin Badgers. And you know what? They're another team that I've trashed the entire year. Meanwhile, they haven't lost yet. And if they win the Big Ten championship and go undefeated, I don't see how they could be left out of the playoff. But I thought Kirk Herbstreit made a great point last week. Um, him and Paul Feinbaum were on the set, and they were just talking about, you know, I, I don't think undefeated is the end-all, be-all of the college football playoff. That's what Kirk Herbstreit said. And I tend to agree with him, you know. And he was talking about Notre Dame, saying at the end of the year, if you have an undefeated Wisconsin team who basically would have won one really big game in the Big Ten Championship. And that's not even a big game anymore. And Right, and you've got a Notre Dame team 
that has one loss but has beaten, I think, six out of the seven ranked opponents in the top 25. And that one loss coming to arguably number one Georgia. Right. It, it just it just makes you think, like, is the better team really the Wisconsin Badgers? And I would venture to say that they are not the better team, but it's so tough to leave an undefeated team out of the playoff. Do I think they're going to go undefeated? I don't. I do. Th- I think they will slip up. But as we come here week after week, you know, there's only so many more chances for them to lose. So, you know what? I, I think th- this week, I think, is going to tell us a lot about what's to happen moving forward. Um, like I said, the Notre Dame-Miami game has just so many playoff implications in this top 10 right now. You know, it, it's it's difficult to see where this is going, but... I think we're going to get some answers. We definitely week. are. And I took, since this spread was ludicrous to me, I took Michigan State plus 7.5. We took five games apiece this <laughs> seven and week. 7.5? Plus 17. 17. 17 and a half. Ludicrous. I mean, Michigan State, yes, they beat Penn State. Penn State, I think, should have won that game against Ohio State. It was a great turnaround for JT Barrett coming back, winning that game. A terrible fourth quarter for Penn State. But I still think very competitive conference. I don't know what happened with Ohio State. In fact, I don't know how it's not the other way around in terms of this spread. Looking at Ohio State's performance against Iowa. Michigan State being plus 17.5, I just feel like you might as well bet your mortgage. It seems like one of Unless the bigger trap spreads. Something. I don't know. I mean, for me, this game plays out one of two ways. It's either really close or Ohio State wins in a blowout, and that 17-point spread looks minuscule. I mean, I, I could see this game being 55-17 drubbing in the favor of the Buckeyes, but... I don't really like the game that much. I, I think these teams are too hard to judge for me. I mean, they've been, I don't want to say up and down. They're both 7-2. and two. They've had pretty good seasons, but not really what you were looking for for Ohio State in terms of being a team that that should have been able to compete for the playoffs. But we'll move on to the next game. This is my, my bigger games of the week and a big spread. I'm not a big spread guy, but I do like... Clemson, minus 16 at home versus Which I also have, by the way. So that's my third pick. I took Clemson as well. My thought on this game is that this is crunch time for the Clemson Tigers. I mean, they have one loss, but they are in the college football playoff if the season ended today. And they've been playing great football all year long. I think Kelly Bryant is finally back to being fully healthy, in which we've seen this year that he is really a force. I mean, he's he's no Deshaun Watson. I don't think anybody really is, but I like Clemson. I think they keep rolling this week against a Florida State team that, say what you want, this is not the season they wanted with DeAndre Francois going down in week one versus Alabama. And I don't even, backup quarterback, I don't even know what his name is. Buchanan. Buchanan. But young guy. Think about it. I took them minus four against Boston College. They ended up losing by 30 points. Right. So you got two different teams here, two on completely different spectrums. At the same time, though, this is a conference matchup, and if the game is close, I wouldn't be surprised, but I do like Clemson to kind of take control of this game early. And we, we've seen what Florida State has done when they're down big and they have to throw the ball around. It hasn't been pretty this year. I like Clemson minus 16. As do I. I, I really just think this was going to be a premier matchup. I mean, look at where Florida State was ranked at the beginning of the season. Obviously, they've tailspinned and gone the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Clemson cannot play another close game. They lost to Syracuse, which I think is being accounted for right now, but not really. I think when it comes down to the end of the season and we're looking at teams' losses and where a one-loss team would rank up to Clemson, I'm not sure. Like, that Syracuse loss is going to weigh heavier later down the line. You know what? It might it's, It might weigh heavy, but I don't know if you can really say that right now with, with Oklahoma and TCU being ranked behind Clemson. I mean, you look at Oklahoma's season. They have one loss. 
They lost to an Iowa State team. Yeah, but that, say Oklahoma wins this week against this ranked opponent. Now you're still one loss apiece. It's it, it's a really tough call if Oklahoma wins this week, but I think it'll come down to the ACC championship game. And if Clemson finds a way to end the season 11-1 as the ACC championship, I don't see them um, being counted out. And that's also going to be a tough call with Oklahoma. If they happen to end up winning the Big 12 championship, you know, what... I guess it's a computer that does the rankings. What is the computer going to say about it? Because I think I think Georgia and Alabama, if they win out and play each other in the SEC championship game, I think both of those two teams will be in, regardless of who wins that game. You've got Clemson, you've got Oklahoma, and then, again, we have Notre Dame. There's there's just so so much up in the air this week that it's hard it's hard for me to say what the rankings will look like next week, but we're going to get some answers. Because we know that TCU and Oklahoma, one of those teams, will be eliminated from playoff contention this so week. So let's look at that. Because both of us, it's my fourth pick and your third pick. We Both of us took Oklahoma minus six and a half mm-hmm. against TCU. Mm-hmm. I think Baker Mayfield is playing at the top of his game right now. Now, the question whether or not there is defense in the Big 12. Last week he threw for 598 yards, six touchdowns. Had two picks, so there's a little defense, obviously, in this <laughs> statistical-like situation. But... I think he's at the top. There's really nobody, after this week, there's nobody really close to winning the Heisman other than him. I mean, Saquon Barkley just got absolutely shut down last week, and the the other couple candidates aren't there. So we both have Oklahoma minus 6.5. This is going to be another shootout. Yet, last time I was predicting something like this is when I picked Oklahoma State to beat TCU, and it was the other way around where their defense shut down Oklahoma State. So... It's going to be an interesting matchup. Do I think Baker Mayfield, who we loved at the beginning of the season, we love the planting of the flag, do I think he's going to come out and throw another 500 yards? I, I kind of do. I think this is his time to shine, and he's kind of upset, and his team should be upset that they're not being considered for the college football playoffs right now, and that they're not in as of today. Yeah, I mean, Baker. I love Baker Mayfield. I think he's a great leader, and I think he's a great player, and I think this is, this is really the kind of game that he loves. He's a guy that doesn't shy away from the bright lights. Um, but getting to my fourth pick of the week, I'm going back to Iowa State. It was a tough loss last week. Um, you know, they were plus three and a half. Couldn't get it done. They really had a ton of chances at the end of that game. But I'm going back to them. Plus six and a half this week. I think this Iowa State team has showed us that they, they really are a good football team. They're playing Oklahoma State. I mean, it seems like these teams in the Big 12 just kind of face off against each other every week. I think Iowa State finds a way to sneak this game out. They're 6-3 and three on the year. They're going to oh, need to have offense. They're going to need to have offense, which they've shown they can definitely do. Oklahoma State has had a pretty solid year, but it definitely hasn't worked out the way they would have planned. I mean, losing a TCU, getting crushed, and last week was kind of their, you know, their last gasp. They lost to Oklahoma, so that's not going to work out. But I think it's time. It's time to break down the big game, the biggest game of the year for me. But... But before we get before to that we get point, there, okay, what do we need? Miami Notre Dame. We've been saving it up. We had to. I'm glad you threw your Iowa State pick in there because it's important that you're picking a team that beat our favorite Oklahoma team. But we do have a commercial break right ahead of time. We are going to come back for our third segment, and we are going to talk about this big game and where we're going to finish it off with what we believe will be the college football playoffs. Because it's a long segment, we'll be back with also NFL next segment. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM 24-7. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. We'll be back after the break, everybody.
What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. We are back. I'm definitely beautiful, and I know that seems weird, but I just want you to know where I'm at in the right now. I've lost seven pounds this week. <laughs> a little bit of nerves, a little could, bit of sweating. I can tell. Xander can't tell, but that's just because he's not. He hasn't been checking me out. He works too much. He doesn't see me very often. But seven is an important number. Not only in pounds I've lost, but in rankings. Miami is seventh. Right now, and they're undefeated. Now, we watched last week as Miami won a very big game against Virginia Tech. Also at home. They are lucky enough to have Notre Dame at home. I think this Miami defense is arguably up there with the tops of those SEC teams. That I, offense, though. Right. I agree with you. This defense has really came, come, came to play. I don't know, I don't I know, the, I don't know the verbiage. They, they've, they've come, and they're about, they are, I don't even know. <laughs> well, regardless, We're Miami, not word. Miami defense has been spectacular this, this season, but so is Notre Dame's defense. And the game, the thing that I really worry about for the Hurricanes in this game is their offense. I mean, I know they beat Virginia Tech last week, but this offense does not look like an offense that can compete with a top-tier defense. And I'm not even going to say Notre Dame is a top-tier defense, but I think Notre Dame wins this game pretty handedly this week. And I hate to say it, but you know I want to see a close game. I mean, this is a primetime game, 7 o'clock Saturday night. But I think Notre Dame kind of cements their status um, in the push for a college football playoff. And I think Miami's season, unfortunately, will end this week because I do not see them getting in with one loss in any scenario. It's time. And big players need to pick John up. Cena? It's time. I, I wish I could walk in with his theme music all the time. You know, that would be spectacular. But they're at home. Miami's loud. And home field advantage does have an impact. Unless you're Notre Dame who lost to Georgia at home. I just <laughs> want to put that back out there in the universe because go Bulldogs. I like Miami in this game. And this is our last pick. I took Miami and you took Notre Dame. It's great. We get to be against each other as well as being on the same team this weekend. That's what, what you love to see in the, in the sporting big, edge. Big, big, big implications for big implications. our records. Because we're both 18 and 14 in college football. And this is a big week. Both got five picks. So I don't know how you feel about Odd Sharks. But I love Odd Sharks. All right? I think they... I don't not love Odd Sharks. They are... We're, by the way, we're above the norm. We're at 56% of our picks. To be a professional picker, you need to be above 55%. So just remember that about us. <laughs> Odd Sharks is between 56 and 60%, depending on what sport you're looking at. The computer pick has it in that Miami is going to win 36 to 34 Wow. Now. A lot, a lot of scoring. A lot of scoring. Miami's plus three, which I got them at. 
I love that. Public consensus, on the other hand, is on Team Xander. They're riding it. 63% of the country has chosen Notre Dame. I think you're going to see Rozier from Miami figure it out. That performance against Virginia Tech was pathetic. The amount of turnovers, if they can cut back their own turnovers, that Miami defense is going to force a ton of turnovers against Notre Dame. A team I don't believe is experienced enough to play in this big situation. And I I think the key of the game will be the physicality. I mean, Notre Dame is one of the more physical teams in the country. They have the number five rushing attack, um, averaging almost 330 yards per game. Josh Adams has averaged 130 yards per game. That's, you know, in the top 10 nationally for any running back. And I think that's going to be the key to this game. Whoever controls the clock does not turn the ball over. I mean, I think that that's a recipe for football success. Can you control the football and can you limit your turnovers? And there's going to be one key play in this game, I think, that really turns the tide. Could happen early, could happen late, but I, I think this Notre Dame team is just a little bit better all around than Miami, and I think they're going to show that on Saturday. I don't disagree. I am taking Miami, and it is big. Stopping Adams will be the key. Wimbush doesn't turn the ball over. That's another thing that Miami's going to have to figure out in order for them to win. All right, we have our picks in. College football is at the height of what it is right now. Let's I want to give a give a rundown of the top ten right now. I know we've been talking about it all show, but leading us off, we've got number one Georgia, Alabama at number two, Notre Dame at number three, Clemson at number four. That's the playoff cutoff line. That's right the there. cutoff line. Oklahoma five, TCU six, Miami seven, Wisconsin eight, Washington nine, and Auburn at number ten. So that's your top ten so right now. I think there's only only eight of those teams. What I've been hearing is Washington. Most likely is out. The Pac-12 is not competitive enough to deserve a team this year in the college football playoffs, and I don't disagree. USC completely blows. Washington won't have enough quality wins. Wisconsin, I think Herb Street is right. I don't think they're going to have a big enough win, and Paul Feynman has hopped on that as well. It doesn't matter who they play. Think about it this way. If Michigan State beats Ohio State, Michigan State isn't a quality enough win in the Big Ten championship game to propel Wisconsin. And Ohio State at this point isn't isn't a big enough team either. Penn State. Anyways, any of the teams with two losses will not look good enough to the committee when moving them forward. Personally, I think right now it's Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, and I like Oklahoma. I think Clemson's Syracuse loss is going to haunt them, especially if Oklahoma wins this week. And you know what? Another big thing, like I mentioned before, if Georgia loses this week, I mean, that that's another shakeup that I don't even know where I would put that. But I'm not even expecting that, so I'm going to go with those four. Okay. So I guess we got to move on to the NFL because just I need more football. We need more football. Although, I don't know if I need this football anymore. Because the Packers. I, they, are, they are as brutal of a team as I've seen in my lifetime. And in my lifetime, they've won two Super Bowls. They've been to three. They haven't made the playoffs twice. And it looks like I can add a finger onto my one hand that I can count when they haven't made the playoffs. This team is tragic. This team is brutal. And I hate Dan Labatard. And that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> why the Miami man, Dan Labatard? Well, you know why I hate him? I hate him for putting something into the universe that needs to be considered. Why doesn't Aaron Rodgers walk? When you look at this team, Ted Thompson has either lost his way, which I believe he has. Dom Capers has no defensive scheme anymore. There's nothing around Aaron Rodgers to make him a Super Bowl champion. There aren't the pieces. Now, I think their wide receiver core is one of the tops, and that's important for a quarterback. 
They haven't had a running back. Eddie Lacy had his two 1,000-yard seasons. They haven't had a running back other well, than Eddie Lacy. Since Amon Green. Amon Green, who is a Packer Hall of Famer. Their defense. I mean, I don't even know if Clay Thompson is an elite linebacker, per like se. Clay Matthews? Clay, who did I say? Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is not an elite linebacker. He's a shooter for the Golden State Warriors. But Clay Matthews, sorry, I picked him for DraftKings, everybody. We'll get back to that. But I don't think Clay Matthews has two and a half sacks this year. I mean, I think, you know, a major Achilles heel for this Packers team over the past few years has been injuries. They cannot stay healthy. And you know what? Aaron Rodgers, I think, has basically done all that he can do. And they've been a very good team. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, Tom Brady, best of all time. But Aaron Rodgers does some things throughout the course of a game, not even physically, but just mentally, that some other quarterbacks couldn't even dream of doing. But you know what? Let, let's go down to Week 10. I mean, this is crunch time in the NFL as well. We've got some big games this week. Um, Cowboys-Falcons, Ezekiel Elliott, the suspension is finally here for now. For now. I don't I don't know if it's for now. I think this is it. I think he's serving six games. The I, NFLPA I was shut too. the NFLPA was shut down today. Ezekiel Elliott and Dallas Cowboys were shut down today. I think it's put to rest. And real quickly so I can be pissed off, I did bet on the Seahawks who are currently playing right now and Jimmy Graham of course scores the lone touchdown for that team and I'm against him in fantasy. I had to be upset for a minute. But back to the big games this week. Saints-Bills is a big game that people aren't going to talk about either. I, the Saints are completely blowing me away in terms of... I think, for me, Saints and Buccaneers. I was completely the opposite a, on both flip. teams. Buccaneers have been atrocious this year. Jameis Winston is out for at least two weeks. They have not looked like a professional football team this year. On the other side, though, the Saints are doing it with their defense. They have played absolutely phenomenal this year. And this is this is a big matchup for them this week because the NFC South, I think, is still up for grabs. I mean, you've got a Carolina Panthers team who overall, at 6-3 and three this year, has played some very good football. They've been very frustrating at times, but you've also got the Atlanta Falcons, who, being the defending Super Bowl runner-ups, I mean, they are also a very good team. Matt Ryan has really not come to play this year, but the NFC South, I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. My big game of the week is the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Washington. Washington 4-4, four and four, they're the team that knows how to sneak out a win like they did in Seattle last week, and they're a team that can really let you down. But I'm going to go on the other side this week, plus 1.5 at home versus Minnesota. I think Kirk Cousins throws for 400 yards this game. I think they get it done. The NFC East with the Giants, they're out of it. The Eagles are probably the best team in football right now. And you got the Redskins, who still have a chance at the wild card. I think they take a big step this week and beat the Vikings at home. Perfect. So you got the Redskins. That's your first pick. We do have more picks, but we're running on the break. I think you're completely wrong. I think the Redskins are one of those just terrible teams. I'm not taking the Vikings as one of my picks because that would just be a waste. But I can't stand Kirk Cousins, and that's what I <laughs> wanted to leave you with going into the break. This is the Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk.fm. Everybody, we'll be back after the break. What's up, what's up, everybody? Clearly, I have a horrible opinion of Kirk Cousins, but it's okay because all he's done is show me that I'm correct, as he's not a born <laughs> can't, winner. Can't deny that. Right? I don't think he'll ever be a Super Bowl champion. And his Michigan State team, I do need to win. and Or I don't need him to win. I just need him to cover 17.5 this week. But that's besides the point. 
I would love that. As mad as I am that you took that because I just don't have any faith in Washington, I need them to win in order for the Packers to have any glimmer of hope. The Packers are one of my picks this week. <laughs> to say that the Bears are six-point favorites over the Packers, to me, is a small bit Outrageous. ludicrous. Ludicrous. I think so. Not the rapper. It's atrocious is the word I wanted to use, but it wasn't going to work in that sentence. But Packers plus six. They have, since 1980, since the Super Bowl era, they have never, they've only once lost four games in a row by more than a touchdown. This would be the fourth game in a row to a division opponent, and not any division opponent. It's their arch rival, the Chicago Bears. The Packers are one game up in their series. This series has been, there has been so many games. This is 189 or 188. I forgot, forget, forget the exact number. There's no way. And in fact, I think the Packers win this game. I don't think the Bears are good enough yet. I don't think Trubinsky is a quarterback that's going to tear apart this awful defense we have up in Green Bay. And I think they have a little mustard left to give. I don't know if it's going to come from somebody on the defensive end. I don't know if it's going to come from one of their wide receivers. But I have a little faith in the Packers. Yeah, you know, I think this is a lot to do with the game flow here. If the Bears get up early and they're able to pound the ball with Jordan Howard, I think it'll be tough for the Packers to get back in it. But like you said, takes one big play. Maybe Brett Hundley comes out and has the game of his career. Has not looked very good so far. Kind of disappointing. I mean, I thought that... Zero trade value at this point. Right. I, I thought that maybe he would come, um, you know, he had a great career at UCLA. He seems like a, like a, a good guy to have, but I don't know if he's ready to play... Um, quarterback in the NFL. But anyways, my second pick of the week, I got to stick with them. They've been good to me all year. The St. Louis Rams. Wait, minus, where, where are they from? The Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm ever going to get that right. Um, they will always be the St. Louis Rams to me, but regardless, they're playing some fantastic football this year. That's a big spread. 11 points. In the NFL, that is a I thought the Steelers spread was big on the road in Indianapolis. This is a big spread. Yeah, 11 points. I don't love that, but you know I do love the Rams. Jared Goff and Todd Gurley probably have been the most ferocious tandem in the league this year, and I think they keep it up this week. Um, I just don't see this being a close game. My third pick, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. A very begrudging oh. Miami Dolphins. Plus nine, they're playing the Panthers, which I have been on their bandwagon basically all year, but... I think Jay Cutler, I think they find a way to keep this thing close. Over-unders, 38.5. I think this will be a dog. You're stretching fight. the week this week. You're picking the Monday night game. We I'm won't have all one. your picks in until the end. I know. Stretching stretching the table. Um, I like the Dolphins this week. I think 17-14 Carolina, but I do think the Dolphins will cover. Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel Elliott is out. Do He's I out. think that makes a big difference? I don't know. I pissed off one of our friends this past week. When I was trashing Dak Prescott, who has apparently the best QBR in the league. So what, so what? <laughs> Doesn't have a running back anymore. Now, will that completely change everything? No. Des Bryant, not 100% healthy. Alfred Morris and Rod Smith and Darren McFadden, I mean, those are not really backs I want to pick from to replace somebody of Elliott's standard or caliber. I'm taking the Falcons minus three, and I hate that pick, but I think it's going to cover. <laughs> The Falcons have been, to me, beyond underachieving yeah. for a team that I thought offensively was super strong. Should like should put up 35 points a game. They should, and the Rams are leading the league in points per game. And it's absurd to me that the Falcons aren't really even competing in that arena. I'm going to take the Falcons. I think 
It's confusion time for the Cowboys. It's time to now think about what I'm going to do for the next six weeks without Elliott. They're still fighting with the Eagles being six and one or seven and one. I think the Eagles are dominant. They have changed my opinion over the last couple of days, and my feelings towards Carson Wentz have absolutely changed. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's going to have a bright future. I'm going to go to the Falcons here. I think the Cowboys are left dazed and confused and. If there was any way of throwing a game, I think Goodell would figure it out because Jerry Jones is threatening to sue him <laughs> if there is a new contract, and I think Goodell wants the Cowboys to suffer. Last last pick, also a tough pick, but you know what? Maybe it's time. The NFL is to, tough. It's tough. Maybe it's time to join a bandwagon. <laughs> Since my Packers are in peril and there's not a lot going on, I think I need to pick a team. That hasn't been very good, but looks good defensively. I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars, minus 3.5 this week. They're at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. See, I was able to get where they're from. I hate Phillip Rivers, and that's been known for years to come. I think he can't win. There's no big game that... If you offered him a million dollars, I think he'd blow every single big game he was ever in. Well, he does it for free. I guess he is already making millions of dollars. But I like the Jaguars here. They're going to pick him like crazy. Jalen Ramsey is one of my new favorite cornerbacks, and I love A.J. Green. It's not because they got into a fight, but Jalen Ramsey had awesome words. He said, I was just getting in his head. It's not like he was being malicious in his intent intent when speaking with Green. He was just in his head. You're weak. You're mentally weak. Like That's going to really throw you over the line where you're going to choke hold somebody down to the ground. I like that. I like that in a corner. I like the edge. I loved it in Richard Sherman. I wish he was a Packer, not a Seahawk so on and so forth. It's Ramsey Island now. Terrell Revis is so far gone from the NFL. (laughs) I don't even know if he's still playing. I don't even know what his deal is. I just wanted him as a Packer, and when that didn't happen, I let it sail away into the distant, or into the distant, whatever it is. (laughs) Anyways, I like the Jaguars this week. I think Blake Bortles is somewhat competent. I think he is doing enough for this team. He's definitely done better as the weeks have gone on. I remember after week three, people were talking about him getting benched for Chad Henney. That's a distant memory now. And this Jaguars team, I mean, a team with that good of a defense, it's a scary team to me. And I don't really like the game this week because I think the Chargers, the Chargers are a team that could easily win this game. I mean, they've got the weapons. Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen, I think one of the better running back wide receiver combos in the league. But I mean, we'll see what happens. But guess who's back? Leonard Fournette is back. He has scored every single week he's played. He's been amazing. He's definitely proved me wrong this year, but he got injured. So, I mean, we'll see if he can stay healthy the rest of the year, but that's always been... He was injured and was able to play last week, but missed team photos and was sat out. So, I think he's fine. I think he's ready to go. Fournette this year, 596 yards on the ground, six touchdowns in six games. I'm loving it. I think Fournette's the guy. He has the longest rushing touchdown so far this year. Makes me regret not drafting him in fantasy football. And I'm I'm feeling the I'm feeling this Jaguars team right now. I mean, if we look at the NFL standings, which are tough for me to look at right now because of where the Packers are sitting and how the, they are now really climbing up, it's all over the place. I think Kansas City, with a tough loss last week, puts Oakland potentially back in it. Oakland's four and five. They had a not enough win for me. They what they covered or they pushed the spread at minus three last weekend. I like Oakland, though, to be a wildcard team that shocks some people in the postseason. And, of course, you have your Patriots who are 6-2 and two and just they don't lose games. I don't know. The yeah, Patri- big, big game for the AFC East this week. I mean, the Patriots traveling to Denver, you got to think that Tom Brady's going to come out 
and have a great game. But this Denver team, as bad as they've been in recent weeks, I can see this being a close game. And them, the Patriots being one game up on the Bills, I mean, a lot of playoff implications here. The Bills, I think, need to win this week against New Orleans. Ugly loss to the Jets last week. Ugly loss. It's going to be tough, though. I mean, this, this New Orleans team, I think, is for real. And Buffalo is going to need to get a pass rush against Drew Brees, or I think they're going to find themselves getting picked apart. Absolutely. Well, that's the NFL we had. Since we only have about 30 seconds left, Lonzo Ball. I just want to bring his name up. Leangelo, his younger brother, is in China, arrested, which could be three to ten years in prison from Mm -hmm. what we're hearing. Not smart. Not really a prison you want to go to. I'm Mm going to be very honest with you. I mean... I wouldn't want to go to prison in England. I wouldn't want to go to prison in France. But I definitely wouldn't want to go to prison in China, Russia. I mean, they're both up there. Countries that are not completely democratic, not democratic, have democracy. I don't think I want to go to prison there. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely a stupid move by Leandro Ball. And and what's stupid is all this hype about Lonzo. Everyone needs to take it easy. Let him come into his own. That's all the time we have this week, everybody. This is... The Lonzo Ball Sporting Edge. We'll be back next week with more football talk, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.